This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, today I'm bringing you an interview on uh, relationships and communication and the benefit of the doubt uh, with Anthony J. Diaz, who is a host on CTR of Inner Conflict to Outer Resolution. I heard a show a few months ago and was really inspired to talk to him about the benefit of the doubt and communication issues and relationships. So you'll hear this interview. Uh, it is pre-recorded because of uh, some uh, logistical stuff, um, just with timing and scheduling. Uh, Anthony was kind enough to share his birth data. So if you're into astrology and you want to look at his chart, I'm going to give you his data right now. Uh, June 10th, 1959, 1959, uh, in Miami, Florida, and we don't have a birth time for him. But but what you see, uh, just give you a brief overview, what you see is a south node in Aries, which indicates quite a number of lifetimes of being surrounded by conflict. Uh, and, uh, you know, we look at the North Node in Libra needing to learn how to create peace and harmony, better communication skills, uh, you know, work on relationship issues through, you know, earnest communication and, and, and active listening. But we have the South Node ruler Mars, South Node ruler of Aries, conjunct Venus and uh, Moon. So in Leo, there's a this sensitivity to the effects uh, on other people of what's happening. So, so anyway, I'm really happy to bring you this interview uh, with Anthony J. Diaz. I had a great time talking with him, and I hope you enjoy it too. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. It's great to be here with you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what I wanted to start off with, um, you know, while I've I've read a a standard bio for you. What I'd like, I'd love for you to start off just getting the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Um, you know, tell me, tell us what you do and, and the extended question is kind of how you got here and that'll, that'll be a good setup. Sure. Sure. Well, thanks for having me again. And, uh, it's great to be with you and your listeners. What I do now, and it's evolved over many, many years as it has for all of us is, um, I'm a family law attorney, um, and also am a mediator in family law, mm -hmm. and that's what um, has started me to transition into being a life, divorce, and relationship coach. And it's been an, an evolution over a number of years, and uh, I wanted to share kind of how I got to that point because it... Um, it's something that has helped to define how I help people who are going through relationship and, and divorce challenges. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. it, it really, uh, the, the impetus for what I'm doing now really started with my own divorce. Okay. And uh, that happened uh, probably about 10 years ago. I was an attorney at the time, mm -hmm. and it... Um, uh, I figured even though I had an attorney of my own that was handling the case, I didn't really expect it to be 
anything more than, you know, standard divorce case, and I'm an attorney, so I can handle anything that happens. Uh-huh. What I found out was it was quite different than what I imagined and expected, and it was um, very emotional. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for me, mm-hmm. um, and, and it surprised me. I, I wasn't prepared for the emotional part. I was prepared for the legal part. And right. <laughs> I understood all the legal mumbo jumbo and stuff that happens. Right. And go to mediation and then you have a settlement. But I wasn't prepared for the feelings that would happen uh-huh. during the process. And afterwards, I looked back and and realized um, how difficult and painful it, it was for me. And it, it was an aha moment mm. for me. Mm-hmm. And from that point, I realized that here I am as an attorney, and I thought I can move along and, and be able to move through this process pretty easily. Right. And it was very difficult for me. So imagine what people who go through this, I mean, divorces happen every day. Yeah. And to just to picture people who don't have a legal background, that don't understand the process, and still have to understand the emotions that are involved and to process the process and to yeah. process <laughs> what happens. And right. I'm like, okay, you know, um, and it really transformed me into what my meaning and purpose is in my life Mm -hmm. and that is to help guide people through this process either who in the middle of the process or who have gone through the process yeah as well as anyone who's had a relationship challenge or loss and to share my experience and my um, evolution with them so that they can hopefully not have this, the same experience that, that I did. Yeah, yeah, kind of being dragged into uh, that simultaneous, you know, mind has to be active, but heart cannot, you know, be neglected. Heart has to, you know, have that attention and how to ground and sort all that out and and clear through all those clear through all those issues well, simultaneously, yeah. you know, simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts going on. Mm. You know, your brain is trying to wrap itself around the, you know, the intellectual parts. Okay, who gets what? How does this look? And agreement. And uh, do I want this? Do, do I not want that? Yeah. And then you have the the um, emotional part that is um, trying to understand. The, the intellectual part and then to take in and process the feelings right. and sometimes these are happening at different stages mm-hmm. so you might be intellectually ready to accept what's in the agreement but your heart is not ready yet and and it stops you or it's the other way around you know you know your heart is ready and then you just can't understand what's happening intellectually so it's it's um it's being able to kind of look from the outside in mm-hmm. and to detach yourself in a way from 
drama and chaos that may be happening outside of you and to really be present with the emotions you're feeling and and that's um, uh, is, is definitely the first step in in understanding the process of divorce yeah well when i was listening uh to your show uh for the first time uh i was stricken with this this uh, and i told you this when we talked last week or a couple weeks ago but i was stricken with this image of um i'm listening to a person who is able to ground through into emotions and, and is able to work through things i get this sense of you know being able to hold space for emotions being able to uh, you know, this word process has come up, you know, several times in the brief time we've been talking and, and kind of working through things. And, and I get that sense that, um, you know, and that really, that really spoke to me because that's actually the nature of my coaching work with people. You know, it's, a, it's actually the same kind of thing. So that really spoke to me as, oh, here's somebody you should talk to, you know, Jacobs, you should talk to. Um, so, so given your experience and given, you know, that you're working with people on a regular basis, um, what kind of, blind spots, you know, have you observed people, you know, when they come to you with a relationship issue, whether it's, I really want to get in the right relationship, but I'm, it's not happening, or I'm in a relationship that needs to end, you know, from either side, like what kind of blind spots seem to get us into the most trouble from your perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. And it reminds me of when we're driving our car. Mm-hmm. And we have a destination that we want to get to mm -hmm. and we're, you know, hell bent to get there. And sometimes we're so consumed with getting to the end result. We're not really checking our mirrors and we're not looking for <laughs> right. those things that are creeping up on us or, or stuff that we can't see normally that we really have to turn our head around like, oh, well, I'm glad I didn't move into that lane or I would have gotten... <laughs> by a tractor trailer, right? <laughs> you know, um, the, the blind spot is really not that it's it's very easy to stay on the outside of yourself mm -hmm. and to look at the end result and to not go within. Um, our intuition is one of the most powerful tools that we have as as humans, mm. and. Um, it's very easy to not um, trust that. And uh, m many people do trust it, but many people don't. And mm. it's, um, uh, it, it's, it's something that if we're not aware of and trust, it gets in the way of what our truth really is. And, you know, and, and I'll give you an example. Um, when we're in relationships we have expectations and mm -hmm. it's normal we're humans um but when we rely on those expectations like well, well this person has to do this um has to look like that has to make this amount of money mm -hmm. talk like this make me feel this way um if all of a sudden we think those things appear well that's it we're we're already married yeah. you know uh, because <laughs> We've ch ch checked off the checklist. <laughs> right. Um, and the same thing when you're um, looking into the relationship to see if this is something you want um, or, or if you're thinking about moving out of the relationship, you tend to look at what's going on 
in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's what I call chatter. It's just stuff that goes on outside of us. And it, but it's an opportunity for us to go within and mm-hmm. pay more attention to what our intuition is saying. What are we feeling? You know, when we think about the relationship, does it make us feel good? Well, if it doesn't, okay, let's take it to the next step. Why? You know, right. Maybe it's something about ourselves. Maybe there's really nothing wrong with the relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're starting to get into some into some places that are scary for us mm-hmm. and um, our outer part of ourselves says, well, what's wrong with that person? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And we get really critical as opposed to, hmm, why is, why am I having this reaction to that? Or why is maybe this person um, bringing up this emotion for me? Yeah. And to be able to take a step back and look and look at that and maybe it's because you need to, to look at something about yourself mm-hmm. maybe there's something that needs some attention that you're experiencing it in the relationship and your initial immediate response is to blame the relationship as opposed to really trusting your intuition that it's going to um, know what's right if you and what your truth is and you know ultimately you may decide to leave the relationship right um but by using your intuition as your friend and, and, and who you are and what your truth is, mm-hmm. if, if looking at it from that standpoint and you realize, you know what, this relationship just really isn't for me, it's not who I am, it doesn't su- support who I am, well, now you've made a, um, an inner guide decision. You relied on something mm-hmm. that's going on on the inside, yeah. and that will help you in the next relationship because now you're tuned into to what you what really makes you feel good and what mm-hmm. doesn't, and you'll probably have um, a better chance of of not making the the same choice as you did before because you've learned from that experience in a way that that's going to ultimately help you um, be in a relationship that's fulfilling. Right. Well, so, so what you're making me think of two things, what the second one, which I'll say in a minute is, is actually one of the big things I wanted to get to with you in this conversation, which I'll, I'll mention in a second. But the first thing is something I noticed with people and, and the, the guidance, you know, the uh, suggestion to go within and trust it, you know, find intuition I think it's so important, and yet I, I also hear people saying, but I don't trust that. And what I, I just want to say for the listeners as they're listening to this conversation unfold, it, it's always good. It's always good. And yet if you tune in and you hear a voice of fear, don't think that's your intuition. Like that's a – yeah, so so just like an encouragement to sort through that because I – you know, one of the things I do is teach people to, to work with their intuition and trust it more. And I hear all the time, yeah, but my but but my inner self told me to do this stupid thing, and I say, well, that's not really you, you know. That's not. The, and the the second thing I wanted to, to to talk about, and this is really what occurred to me when I when I first heard your show, was um, this notion of the benefit of the doubt as a, a tool in relationship. And I I just looked it up online just before before we talked because I never have because but but I realized that for for me this I mean basically this is how I know that I'm uh, loved, frankly. Like I know that if somebody assumes, uh, actually I'm going to read the little definition from the, uh, 
from the thing, just just in case people here do. Where is it? Um, to believe something good about someone rather than something bad when you have the possibility of doing either. So I think about that in terms of relationships all the time. And what you what you just brought up is, is a great um, dovetail into this because to uh, you know to, to to say well maybe what's happening is actually indicative of something that is coming up in me. Well, that that you know automatically sets up the benefit of the doubt because this person might not be doing something nefarious. <laughs> You know, yeah. So it just as a tool, I just I'm I'm really interested in this. And the more I talk about it with clients and students, and even in my own world, some people don't get it. Some people haven't been exposed to it. So I I just imagine that um, you know some of the stuff that you help people get to probably includes this. This I you know, and you just you just spelled it out. This idea of well, maybe this person isn't doing something. Maybe something's not wrong. But maybe you know that focus inward. Yeah, no, that's a great, um, I love the definition of benefit of the doubt. It's one of those things that we all use and never quite sure of what the definition yeah. is. So um, I'm glad, you know, you uh, uh, cleared that up because it, it really is um, uh, a good way to look, look at our relationships, um, not only with other people, but with ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, we are, you know, probably much more critical of ourselves than anybody else could ever be because we live with ourselves more than anybody else. So, you know, we yeah. uh, have more of an opportunity to be critical with ourselves, but we also, in the same vain have more of an opportunity to be loving to ourselves. Yeah. And um and you can use this this thought in relationship with ourselves and with other people to just think of it as I like to to call it the highest good. Mhm. And that we are all coming from our own highest good. Now my highest good might not be the same as your highest good. Right. And your highest good might be to go out and to pick apart everything I say. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you only, um, you're only acting with what you know. And you may not be doing it intentionally. Right. You, know, you, you may not be saying, well, you know what? Every time I hear Anthony Diaz, I'm going to criticize him. It's an automatic response in you. Hmm. But for me, I have an opportunity to look at that in two ways. I could be like, why is Tom everything, every time I say something, (laughs) and he just seems to criticize me, and I start to take it personally. And I'm like, what did I do to make him mad? And and then then we're off to the races. We're just so far (laughs) out of touch in reality that we don't even realize it. Or we can say, you know what, that's Tom's opinion, and he He's just doing what he thinks is best, and that's what it is. It really has nothing to do with me. Right. Tom is coming from his place of highest good. And that's really an important component. And when I work with people, because many times they're wanting to blame somebody else. 
mm-hmm. and that's what they are living on, and that makes them feel validated for, for what they are going through. And, and then I start with these "what if" questions. Well, what if they were having a bad day? Or what if <laughs> they weren't trying to hurt you? Right. What if this is what they thought, and this is just how they live their life? Mm. Whether it's interacting with you in that way or interacting, you know, with someone else. And when we, when you can bring it full circle, that you know th- that everything in our life is good. Mm. You know, we can't cookie cutter that. It's not like well, everything is good. But only on Mondays and Wednesdays. Yeah. And Tuesdays and Thursdays are a bad day. But yeah. weekends are great. But Mondays, I hate Mondays. You know, it's either everything is good or everything is not. And if you don't believe that everything is not good, well, then you, you've got to believe everything is good. Right. Let's start to look at our life from that standpoint and the relationships that we have um, uh, outside of us, the, the relationship with ourselves if we can just like you said give the benefit of the doubt and know that it may not be as it appears to be yeah um you know it really it 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 causes a shift Mm. in the way we look at life and and life isn't trying to, to beat us down um you know life is there to support us but what is my part in that, you know? Um, so, you know, it's, it's a great point about um, how we look at life and, and, and really how we look at life um, is very similar to how we look at ourselves. Well, yeah, so this idea of the benefit of the doubt, like when it comes up in, in my client work, it comes up in, well, yeah, about that other person and then about yourself and also about life. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, you know, giving life the benefit of the doubt that what it is bringing you is not necessarily to step on you or to make your life harder. But, um, one of the things that I've, I've learned from the, from channeling, uh, the beings that I work with is that the, the particular perspective or model that anything that you are experiencing is brought to you because you are vibrating. Oh, I, I could really use to encounter that thing. And, and I know I have this thing where, where something gets hard and, and maybe harder by degrees. And I think, oh my gosh, why is this happening? And so I have to, I have to give the, you know, the universe the benefit of the doubt that it's not, you know, again, not taking it personally, you know, as you were mentioning it. And if it involves another person, then I extend it to that other person and then all the time for myself. And I do find that people judging themselves for various things, um, you know, the, the, it's a normal, it's a normal human trait to take things personally, but we can do it too much. It's a normal human trait to observe that something in our choices or actions isn't perfect. It's a, it's a normal human trait, but if we have the 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 ammo or the juice to pursue that with, you know, kind of a biting criticism, then of course we will expect it from others. And then how hard is it to give anyone the benefit of the doubt? You know, and so it, for me, it always it all starts with judgment of our own choices, because if I'm judging my own choices, I'm going to be primed to, you know, judge how you treat me. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think, you know, and th- you know, this is a great talk that we're having here. And I'm not saying this and I'm sh- and I know I'm sure you, you're not saying this. It's not to say that um, 
we're not going to take things personally, right? And that we're not going to feel judged. But the, the the question is, how do we respond to that? Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to react to that and react in like kind? Right. Or are we going to respond by, hmm, that's interesting. Um, why is that making it me feel that way? Exactly. What is yeah. going on with me and having that conversation? So if we can look at our interactions with others as an invitation to look at ourselves, mm-hmm. um, will be more likely to respond appropriately um, as opposed to having an immediate reaction to something that may not initially feel too good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I I recently had an interaction with somebody. um, I mentioned it on the show a couple of times because it it led to a conflict that I didn't know how to get out of. And, And I, and I, I, understood pretty early on in this several weeks of, of issue that the benefit of the doubt was what was, what was missing. And I realized, I mean, I didn't, I knew, I knew this, but I didn't really see a real, um, maybe a stark example of it, not of it missing. So it really made me appreciate, you know, other relationships where I do have the benefit of the doubt where, you know, assume that, assume that my motivation is positive or, Maybe there's a misunderstanding, you know, but I had this real, um, it was a very, it was a very just in my face example of it just was, it couldn't be there. And I, I just think the other person just had some, some triggers that, you know, I obviously set off or something. I don't know, but, but it, but it turned into arguments and fights until I just said, um, I, I can't interact with you like ever again, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've not, I don't think I've ever done that before, uh, but I had to because wow. I realized I couldn't get through, you know, I couldn't get through and. Um, and so I've been, so since then, and that was, I don't know, a couple months ago. And since then, I've been really thinking about that concept of the benefit of the doubt in a, in a new way, because, um, I, I, I seem to think that I'm a, a good communicator. I, I seem to think I'm good with people. And so when I find myself up against the wall and I'm not able to get through or not able to build a bridge like that, it, it just really stands out, you know, cause I, cause yeah. I spend a lot of energy doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you brought up a good example about, you know, using that benefit of the doubt kind of in your processing, but ultimately you had to let the relationship go. And yeah. I think by being able to use a process by which we're evaluating how we feel and, and what's going on um, inside, mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful to determining and and evaluating whether you want to stay in the relationship. You're not coming from a a place of pain or a reaction or being hurt where it's like, okay, you know, screw you. And, you know, the relationship is over. It gives you a chance to look at it with some different eyes. And that may help you to say, you know what, this, um, I don't, I'm taking this personally and and I need to look at some things. And (laughs) so I'm not thrilled by maybe, their delivery and kind of how they did it, but it's mm-hmm. not a relationship breaker. Or, you know, as you do some self-awareness and, and self-discovery and, and self-evolution, uh, you might look at it as, you know what, that's just not where I want to be, but you're yeah. in such a place that it's it'll allow you to explore it in a much more 
um, loving and, and meaningful way. So if you decide this isn't the relationship that you want to pursue, you know, you being able to do that, I, I think, is, is, is going to be a lot, uh, a lot more peaceful. Yeah, that's where I've been getting with it. And, and actually in that time of the, of the conflict, I got to a place of more or less to a place of peacefulness about it, which was a new development for me. Because if I'm having conflict and, and that, and, you know, specifically in the form of verbal and written arguments exchanged and things like that, you know, I mean, like argumentativeness, you know, and fighting, I, I, but I got to a place in that dynamic where I was able to step back and just kind of, you know, observe what was being, you know, what was being offered me and, and energetically and, and just, and I did have a sense of clarity of, oh yeah, I, I really just, um, I really just don't, don't want to have that in my world. And I, but I got to the place of calm, but I didn't, you know, I don't do well with conflict, I think is part of the, is part of the, the thing for me. And, and so I drew this person where there was, um, you know, several rounds of conflict and, you know, to give me an opportunity to, 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 to try to get, I, I think, grounded and be clear within it so that I could make a, an informed decision instead of reacting with some kind of, you know, screw you or something like that. Cause that, that I might not even say that, you know, in past experiences, but I might have that thought and feeling in my heart, which I would prefer not to. I'd prefer to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, you know, where people are coming from is where they're coming from. And, and, you know, and, and, and the other thing is my view on relationships is that, and I think, I think this, uh, when I'm on your show in early November, I think this is what, one of the things we may talk about, but, but just touching on it here in terms of this conversation is that it, it's very, from what, what I've learned from my, my metaphysical travels, <laughs> explorations and, and working with, um, well, you know, working with the spirits of dead people as a medium, but also with the ascended master Jehudi, who's also known as Thoth and St. Germain, um, you know, these perspectives kind of outside the human game on what relationships are, you know, they say that, well, everyone is an important teacher for, for anybody they come in contact with for any meaningful amount of time. And we, you know, show up for each other to teach something or reflect something in terms of this conversation, because that's a lot of what it is. The teaching is reflecting. It's not like, I'm going to teach you the skill, but I'm going to embody something that you perhaps need to see about yourself. That kind of reflection idea we were talking about. Um, but, but that, but that relationships come in when we're ready to see something about ourselves. And, and sometimes relationship very often when relationships go, we have seen what we can see about that. And so this, this important teacher in one way or another goes away. And yeah, that is that has really helped me just understand you know how relationships begin and end and it's also taken away the, the frankly the glamour of relationships beginning you know like the kind of seductive drug phase of <laughs> and and also it's helped change how i consider people i'm currently connected to and then you know how relationships end and i'm somebody who um like the the listeners probably know something about my astrology chart and i'm somebody who has the planet Venus, which is about relationships, conjunct the planet Pluto, which is about intensity and learning to let go of things. So when I have a breakup, it it can or has in the past, um, you know, just affected me a little more intensely than seems reasonable. <laughs> so, so this perspective that I'm just mentioning here has really helped me kind of dial things back into perspective, 
you know, and be more reasonable about, about what it means to be in relationship and what it means when they begin and end. And it's been, it's been a trip, you know, it's been very interesting to have that perspective altered. Sure. And you know, you, we plus are students and teachers and yeah. we kind of enter, interplay in those roles depending on what situation we might be a teacher for somebody else, but be a student um, of somebody yeah. else. And, <laughs> yeah. um, so we kind of have that duality. And when, um, when a relationship ends and that particular teacher has left us, it's like when we're in school, you know, we can't get to um, chemistry class to be taught by that teacher until we learn what we need to do from the biology teacher. Mm-hmm. And then that biology teacher goes, but we still have that knowledge right. in us that we didn't have before, and now we're able to take that next step or that next class in, in chemistry, um, which is going to be based on what we learned in biology. And it's the same thing in, in relationships. And we talked about you know the law of attraction, and while we ultimately have a want to vibrate at a level to, to attract um, a certain type of relationship, we may need to have some the biology teacher and the chemistry teacher and, and some other teachers that come into our life so we learn what we need to learn to get to the next teacher. Yeah, so even though the one teacher leaves, uh, we still need the, the knowledge from the gain from, you know, all those other experiences. Yeah, and, and we're yeah. going we're, we're to use the, the knowledge that we gain from each of the teachers that are in our life to get to the, the next step, which will ultimately lead us to um, whatever we're in, intending in our life. And, mm-hmm. and we might have this intention um, that we ultimately want to get through to get to, but we have to, um, have some experiences, um, along the way. And that's where teachers come and teachers go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed on your site that, um, when people sign up for your newsletter, they get a, a guided meditation, uh, for free. And I, I'm curious if, if I can ask you a personal question about your own, you know, your own experiences with meditation. Cause I, if you know, if you're comfortable talking about that, I, I just think it's so important. Um, and everyone, lots of people talk about it and think about it, especially people who are listening to CTR, you know, are definitely exposed to this quite a bit if they don't have their own practice. But, but I think that, you know, I imagine it's, it was, it's become an important tool since you had your own kind of awakening 10 years ago, you know, with your altering perspective. Would you mind telling us a little about your experience with meditation? Sure, sure. Um, it was, started probably even before my uh, experience with my own divorce mm-hmm. 10 years ago and that's when I started um, practicing yoga um, okay. and I was looking for some more of a spiritual way of, uh, of expression and some alternative to the exercises that, that, um, and the fitness regime that I was already in mm-hmm. and, and it was a good cross training for that so when I started practicing yoga, um, there was a lot of emphasis on breath. Mm. And the emphasis on the breath was so helpful, not only in breathing better and fully, 
but to become present and to stay in the present moment because mm-hmm. when your focus is on one thing and that's the breath you can't be thinking of anything else it's the one thing as as complicated and amazing as our brain is it can only focus on one thing at a time mm-hmm. thank god for that <laughs> <laughs> or we'd really be in trouble and we think that we can do more things but um so yoga really helped to s- set that um standard for me mm-hmm. about breathing and being present and we used to do uh meditations and there and i remember after each meditation just either going off somewhere or waking up and feeling like you know i could just fly home I was just on, on such a euphoria. I said, wow, this is cool. Now I need to be able to do this on my own and right. not just to have this experience during a class. So I experimented with meditation on my own. And in the beginning, it was very ch- challenging because my yeah. mind just wanted to go. It didn't want to be still. <laughs> right. And that happens to everybody. And I made the, you know, the, the, the first... I don't know if it's a mistake, but the first thing that we do, and that's to try to stop the mind. Mm. Um, and I learned over years to just let it go. Um, mm-hmm. Don't resist it because what resists will, will persist. And if you don't p- pay any attention, the more you focus on your breathing, that will kind of come and go. And that's yeah. what started happening as I was like, okay, the less I tried to control meditation and just let it have a life on its own, it became a lot easier and I was able to sustain it for um, longer and longer. But the one thing that I realized um, during meditation, and that's why I I use it in my radio show every week, Mm. was the opportunity to, once my mind stopped going, there was only one voice that was going on, Mm. and that was my inner voice. And that was the giving me information and knowledge and answers to the right. questions I had. That was my intuition that I was allowing to come forth to be present and still to, to, to listen to that voice. We, we all have our own voice. It's the matter of do we give ourselves the opportunity and the, invit- the invitation right. to become quiet and still. So that's how my meditation practice really took off for me because I, I realized that whenever I was questioning something or not sure about something, that all I needed to do was to, to go within, and, and that's where my answers were, and that was my source of um, being able to solve whatever mm. I needed to do or to, to gain some clarity. And, and that's what that's one of the tools I, I work with with others is to help them to develop um, a spiritual practice which um, would include some sort of meditation um, to help them through whatever is challenging. And, you know, meditation is different for everybody. Uh, um, everyone will have um, a very different experience um, with meditation and then if you multiply that by all the different types of meditations mm-hmm. out there you can just imagine the number of experiences that are available 
to people just for being quiet and still. Right, right. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, um, you know, for me, I, I mentioned this on the show several times when I'm talking about meditation, but for me, one of the best meditations is bicycle riding because it has that effect of, you know, my, my perspective changes, my mind stops. I mean, sometimes it gets to the place where my mind works just enough to work through something, but, but, but my identification with my mind is less because I'm in my body, I'm feeling the wind, I'm observing, you know, the, the surroundings moving by me. And so, like, for me, that's a meditation, but I also, I don't do it every day. Well, I don't sit formally every day, but I do um, ground to the earth and clear up my field and kind of, you know, do some things like that that are that are meditative. And um, but, but for some people, it's different. You know, some people have relationships with, you know, horses. Some people, um, you know, have a certain athletic thing that's not taxing. Some people yoga, some people music, something that kind of takes them out of that mind space. And when you're talking, what what it jumped out at me was, you know, when the mind can only do one thing at a time, that, that whole bit, but when, when you, um, are not feeding the, well, not to be unfair to anybody, but the whims of the mind, you know, the whims of the linear logical mind with its, you know, analysis mandate, you know, and it's judging, you know, judging mandate, then, um, th- that makes it so much easier not to assume that for you know, back to the benefit of the doubt that other people are or or life itself or you know is trying to do something to you because you know just to be observant of what's happening and not assuming that something's wrong but the mind wants to assume pretty much all the time if not directed otherwise it wants to assume something's wrong because that's part of our part of our skill is with, with mental energy is to fix things and diagnose problems and observe what's not perfect like that's just normal you know, part of what the mind does. So, so this whole meditation thing. So, so thanks for, thanks for indulging me with that question. Cause I, I, um, I, I, I also, I, you know, I want to talk about these ideas, but I also want to kind of introduce my listeners to, you know, to, to, you know, to a, a man who has, uh, obviously a functioning mind. He's a professional person, but also has this meditative practice and also is focused on creating harmony and, and understanding and all that stuff. And so that's also why I'm kind of leading you through some of these questions is to, to give the listeners a certain perspective, uh, you know, cause you know, lots of us trust our minds and then we find out, you know, uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, but as you found out 10 years ago, when the, the emotions really came to the fore during the divorce and how hard, how challenging it was to think through things while you had to deal with all those feelings. I think a lot of us in certain ways will find ourselves uh, in that position where the mind is developed and then, yeah, and then the heart screams out for attention or the rest of the life, you know, bubbles up to the surface and we have to learn how. And, and I just, uh, from what I know of you, you just seem like a, a great example of being able to feel while thinking, while working through things. And so thanks for, thanks for, uh, you know, indulging me with the personal question too. Oh, sure. Well, <laughs> you, know, you bring up a good, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're trained from the moment that we start school to use our mind. Yeah. So we have between 10 and maybe 20 years of schooling to do nothing but <laughs> to build up our mind and to trust it. And yeah. We trust it because somebody tells us something, we remember it, we're given a test, we put it down, we get it right, and then it gets reinforced, well, our mind must be great. 
and that's fine. But we, when are we ever taught to trust our heart and to trust our, our intuition? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no courses that's not part of any curriculum, even experientially. We don't get to experience that until after we've graduated from whatever level of schooling that we've um, encountered and then try to balance that with years and years and years of emphasis that your mind knows everything and now you're trying to convince yourself that (laughs) well it's really your heart and your inner voice imagine how that's going to go Right. And also with the stacks of evidence, like, well, I have all this, I have all this documentation from my mind and this other bit has no, nothing to say for itself. You know, this kind of history of, of data, you yeah. know, of data collection exactly. and, and, uh, making cases for different ways. And yeah. Yeah. Well, good, good. So, um, so tell me, tell me a little about the, the show. Tell me the title of your, your show and a little about it. So our listeners can, can go check sure. you out too. A- absolutely. The, name of the show is Inner Conflict to Outer Resolution, and it's it's basically um, each week is a, a different topic, and sometimes I have guests, and I'm looking forward to having you on the show. Um, Thank you. Sometimes it's just me, um, but the theme is how to go within to understand any conflict we may be uh, encountering, and if we can... Mm resolve it by going inward and, and get the answer that way will help to resolve whatever outer circumstance um, seems to be presenting itself and um, uh, as a, um, a family law attorney mediator and coach with divorce and relationships the show is geared towards those going through relationship challenges or have been divorced or are go- going through the divorce process, you know, we talk about tools that um, we all have inside us, but we just don't know that they're there. We mm-hmm. haven't tapped into them to help us through this process so that not only the process itself will be easier and much less painful, it will help now to um, start up and a new path towards a different life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, um, you know, being able to let go of what doesn't serve you now to fill that, that do support you and do serve you. And um, it's, um, it's, I enjoy having the show. It's, mm-hmm. um, we have a, a guided affirmative meditation every week mm-hmm. um, that uh, I guide people in meditation, I guide them out of the meditation and in the middle is really the best part not, not only because it's one time you don't have to hear my voice <laughs> but <laughs> the only thing you hear is your own voice and the music and it g- gives people yeah. a chance to practice meditation Yeah. Um, and, and we also have a weekly affirmation that um, is geared towards the, the theme of the show Um so, you know, it's a great way for, for people to take a time out during the week and to um, do some self-care and to, um, you know, hopefully they'll take something out of each show that will um, help to cause a shift to go from being in pain and, yeah. and being 
in conflict to how can I make make my life better? How can I, I might go from um, a place that I'm not so thrilled about to have some hope that there is a better life mm. um, out there mm-hmm. for me to have? Thank you. So with just a few minutes left, let me ask you one other question. You're speaking speaking about divorce. You know, since we touching on that again. Um, the self judgment and the, the, that can come because of this, the, the, you know, historic, historical s- stigma to divorce. You know, I, I, some people I know, uh, either going through a divorce or, or, or having been through one don't have a lot of self judgment, but the people who, see, you know, and I don't even know what the, the statistics maybe of half and half. I don't know. I think it's a lot more due because people seem to, you know, we've been taught that it's, um, something you're supposed to do. So if it doesn't work, then, you know, then there must be some reason to judge. And I, I guess I just, I'd like for you to, to touch for, for a couple minutes if, if you can on, um, you know, how you work with people, you know, obviously a generalized way for a couple minutes, but, you know, when they're dealing with that, that, uh, that issue of, of self judgment, if it comes up, I, I mean, and the people I know it comes up, so I'm assuming you see it, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah. And that's a great, great question. Many of the people I work with, um, that have a lot of self judgment, um, it, it comes from this guilt. Hmm. And even if they were the ones who were initiating the divorce, uh-huh, um, right. They feel bad. Uh, and, and I think part of that is because it just supports what my belief is, is that we're all really good people. Mm-hmm. And we're not on this earth to hurt anybody. So when we have to make a decision that may be um, hurtful to, to someone else or someone else may be um, hurt by that or in pain, we feel bad, mm-hmm. you know. That's because we're human, and we don't want to see someone that you know, we might have spent a lot of time with um, in pain. So there's a, a guilt process that, what did I do? And oh my God, I mm. can't believe I did that. And um, and it may be supporting how you may be feeling about yourself in, in general, that when you make a decision and it doesn't turn out the way you want, you feel guilty. And a lot of that comes from um, childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Tom, when we're, we're born, we don't have anger, we don't have yeah. guilt, we don't right. have blame. If you look at a baby, all they're doing is smiling because yeah. we just come from this place. Yeah. But it's life experiences that cause us to acquire some beliefs um, that may not be true. So when we're in a divorce and we're um, judging ourselves, what did I do? Maybe I made a mistake. Oh, here I go again. I, you know, um, um, you know, not a good person, not, not a good partner. Mm. It's an opportunity for me to um, guide them through d- decisions they have made in their life that they were happy with. Maybe it's mm. in their job or with their self or mm-hmm. a hobby or maybe in other relationships and they have healthy relationships with friends and families, you know, to look at what is good in your life and to get the, to get a understanding that um, I'm not a bad person. Um, somebody else may not be feeling too good about my decision, but, you know, I can't, um, I didn't cause that to happen. Right. Um, I'm um, pursuing my good and it's just not going to happen with this, person so yeah. to get them to get out of this 
self-perpetuating cycle that a lot of us can get into when we're faced with a um, a life-changing experience to get them to look at um, life a little bit differently really helps to cause a shift to get them to focus on the good in their life and to not um, go back in time and try to link experiences that they may have happened in their life to what's happening now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, uh, Anthony Diaz, thanks for being, thanks for being my guest for joining me on the show. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and thank it's you. always, um, enjoyable to have provocative discussions. We <laughs> certainly had one today. Great. Thank you. And, t- and please, uh, tell the listeners how they can, uh, uh, read more about you and be in touch with you. Sure. Um, if they go to my website, which is www.anthonyjdiaz.com, they can find out everything uh, they would like to about me. Great. If they um, sign up for a uh, free guided meditation, I will send them an MP3, mm-hmm. and they can take it wherever they want. Uh, they just need to leave their name and email address, and that's another way for me to stay in, in contact mm-hmm. with everybody where I'm speaking and some um, inspirational empowerment messages for them uh, to have. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book Jehudi Speaks offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.